0: There is this circular enden of space in my backyard where we left the summer pool for far too long. We were waiting to see if these tadpoles would turn into frogs. Every day, we were careful not to move it an inch, not to disturb the natural process. Until one day when we went out, there was no movement to be found. I paused, but the far more enlightened four-year-old informs me, aw, they must have left for a new adventure. Too bad we didn't get to say goodbye. And to be honest, at the time, I brushed it off. It just sounded like another sweet thought coming from her. She's always like that, equal parts extra sweet and excitable while being so determined. Then, as she wandered off for her next adventure, I sat down on the porch swing. It made me laugh and smile, thinking about what she had just said and really taking a pause with the thought. She wasn't angry, sad, or even annoyed that the plan didn't go as we expected. She also wasn't anxiety ridden with all the possibilities of what could have happened. What could, what could we have done more? What could have gone wrong? Now at four, is she aware that she's Showing me she is without judgment, fear, or guilt in this situation. Who knows? Maybe that's the point. And why am I telling you this, my sweet listeners of the first episode of season two? It's because this morning, I was worried about a lot of things. Things out of my control just spun up, spun up in these narratives and thoughts as I'm sure you're all feeling right now. We are always living in truly interesting times, are we not? But it can be easy today to get caught up in judgments, fear, and guilt. It's easy to be anxiety ridden with all the possibilities. But just as I took a few deep breaths on this drive, thinking the sun started to rise. I saw its beauty, how it rises and rises. How it never stops rising for us, no matter what. I said I would go home and finish watching the sunrise for us in our backyard. So after making the tiny guru I mentioned earlier, a exciting smoothie, <laughs> I walked out back and it seemed like that sun was shining so bright on that indent in my backyard. And I remembered I held a deep remembrance of that previous moment of clarity, of that teaching from a four-year-old beautiful human. And I remembered it is always there for us if we allow the space of awareness. It is always there for us if we allow space for awareness it is easy to forget it is glorious to remember Well, this is Awareness with Amanda Lynn. I am your host, Amanda Lynn. Today's season two, episode one opener is the lovely Juliana Garces. I'm holding for applause. She's an visionary artist. And I know a lot of you are gonna be very excited to hear from her after admiring her gorgeous art, if you're a big follower and fan of her work. She is always coming to conversation with exciting new techniques, exciting new developments in her art and her spiritual path. And we like to, as two divinely feminine women, speak together and discuss what we are doing, um, explore these sort of thoughts and ways of thinking. It's definitely a groovy episode. If you've never heard of Juliana Garces, I suggest you go back to season one and listen to our first interview before we get into this one, because that one we really cover her history and, you know, what made her become the artist she is today. And this one, we're going to dive a little deeper. We're going to talk in uh, some techniques of practices she does with dream work. So if you're very interested in the dream realm and dream work, you're going to think this is really groovy. We also discuss uh, the pieces she's currently working on. And we also just, you know, have the space and allow the space for us to just discuss how our practices have affected our ways of looking at the world around us and bettering ourselves and hopefully the community as we are all connected. So enjoy this episode of... Awareness with Amanda Lynn. Yes, everyone who is listening, if you're a fan of Juliana Garces or just the show or whatever, you need to check out the first episode we did. I definitely recommend. I'm sure that while we'll be talking about different things tonight, I'm saying tonight because this is a nighttime one, which is kind of fun, but um, whatever we talk about tonight, I'm sure it will just be, you know, more enlightening and more exciting if you've heard the first episode and kind of heard a little bit about your story. This is actually super exciting for my podcast because it's the first time I'm talking to a guest again, and I'm just like, well, that's amazing because it's just like friendship. You know, the more you spend time together... The kind of like deeper you can go and the more interesting things can get, and yeah. modern.
1: oh, the, the second, awesome, person, the second, in
0: a row, yeah, second in a row. So, let's just say that tonight, what we kind of chatted about to get started is that we were just kind of uh, messaging back and forth and talking about your journey with, um, like dream work and things like that. I Don't have like a lot of background in that. I'm fascinated by dreams. I'm fascinated by like lucid dreaming and all these different you know, levels of dreaming and how our brains work, which is, of course, something that excites me because of what I like to read about and study. So that's what we kind of touched base on. So that's where we're going to be tonight. But I do want to start out with, because I know a lot of your fans probably want to know what you're working on right now first. So if you want to kind of update us since the last we talked on like what you're working on right now and all your artwork?
1: Yes, I'm really excited. Uh, My main focus right now is definitely my Shiva artwork, um, which is a six foot tall Shiva, currently working with a local woodworker here in Asheville to make a custom woodcut frame with LED lights, uh, just to like, you know, be a home for the big Shiva painting. And I'm really excited to see it all come together. Um, Super thrilled. I've only been showing like very little sneak peeks just because I want to do, like, a grand release once the whole vision is, like, done and completed. Uh, but working on that, um, also working on Hanuman, uh, which is a collab with Luke Shorter, um, and working on a Kali piece, which I'm just doing by myself, which is actually really funny because today uh, is the day we celebrate Kali, so definitely going to yeah. work on a lot of the <laughs> to celebrate and uh, do some Kali chanting while I work on
0: that new to so rad. Tell me a little bit because I I was reading up on the action when I first woke up this morning. Uh, I honestly don't remember who, but a different artist had mentioned that that was today. And I was like, that's so funny because it's like the day I'm talking with the only person I know well enough like that would have a lot to say about this. So that's so cool that we happened to randomly schedule it on today without, I don't think either of us realizing. So if you want to uh, explain a little bit about uh, how you'll be celebrating that tonight and what you kind of plan to Do with the artwork
1: what i think is really magical as well it's also like the new moon tonight
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: ali is the goddess of destruction and death and uh time and also represents a lot of the natural forces and i think she like represents that like super fierce divine feminine like energy i think it's really cool that it aligns with the new moon because it's almost like a chance to destroy anything that's no longer serving us. Mm-hmm. So she can be like the of our ego, the destroyer of our past, of what it is no longer working. It's not necessarily like a negative destruction, it can be like a really positive one. Slay the last chapter, <laughs> uh, and like yeah. start a new one, start a fresh one. And it's also like uh today we celebrate uh Lakshmi, which is um the goddess of, like, prosperity and abundance. So it's almost like these two very powerful goddesses are, like, having the chance to destroy the old and start new, which also lines with the moon, um to just, like, you know, fresh, fresh start,
0: fresh yeah, chapter. Yeah, just, like, a really powerful, powerful energy, for sure, like, the commingling of all three of those things is, is pretty exciting, mm-hmm. and I definitely felt it today. I was just, like, really excited all day, kind of, like, that energy of, I think what you could compare it to in a basic level that everyone would understand is, like, the, the new year, like, when you have that new year energy, where it's just, like, yeah. okay, yeah, everything's new, feels new, and, like, tomorrow I can be whoever I want to be. I can let go of this and that. And like, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a good feeling to tap into if you're willing to tap into it, because I think we can always have these parts of us to let go of. And again, that doesn't mean negatively. It just means, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm past that now, or maybe I'm past that version of me now. And that is such a like beautiful thing. Sometimes it can be painful and there can be suffering in those transitions but i i don't think that always has to be the suffering with it it can be that excitement of like a new shift a new change and yeah yeah, what perfect way to celebrate other than talking about it and kind of being just being aware of it while it's happening
1: yeah so of course the way i celebrate um with it is not only like do i focus on like what the new version of myself um i can embody you know my highest version and uh, what I can let go of, focus on that. But of course, for me, I focus on working on uh, the artwork of Kali. It's still really early on. I'm just starting the shading. So far, I just had the drawing. Uh, and listening to Kali mantra mantras, um, there's a really good one, uh, Kali Dugra, that I've been listening a lot to. Uh, and just like especially listening to that while working on the piece while thinking of like what i'm letting go of what the new version of me is going to be like you know what new habits i'm going to implement into my life um is all like i don't know way i'm celebrating today
0: yeah i think i think you and i definitely connect on the idea of creating these new habits and these new um these new practices that we can kind of Uh, commit to and maybe even sometimes let go of certain ones and kind of try new things to see what that brings up for us. And I think one of my favorite things on our previous episode that we talked about was kind of the commitment to uh, spiritual work and actually making Mm -hmm. You know, meditation and all these practices a part of your daily life and to where it almost like bleeds together. I liked that we kind of uh, agreed on that to a certain extent that if you're consistent with these things, it's almost like, a, I hate to use the word miracle, but it's like these tiny little miracles happen. I know that can sound dramatic, but it can really feel that dramatic in your life when you start Getting into the flow and realizing how aware you can be when you're really, really working at it to a certain degree. And I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit because you're someone who is creating and working on these things at the same time, simultaneously, oftentimes. What do you think is the nice balance of like being having a work ethic in your practices and in your art, and also having? this like freedom of surrender right like the surrendering to what is supposed to be right now Mm how do we how do you personally feel like you balance like having the the kind of the tenacity and wit to like be hard not hard on yourself but be uh honest enough with yourself to keep your focus and then also being like open to surrendering to what is
1: yeah so I personally um create like a daily schedule uh the day before the night before i'll create my next day schedule and i've become i've been using it for quite a lot of years now and i'm maintained flexibility with it even though it's like usually scheduled uh in hour intervals exactly what i'm gonna do uh, i'm not like set on it so i always have like this goal of what i want to uh, shoot for to achieve in a day but you know i i'm aware that things arise and you know moods happen and things happen so i just shoot for um meeting as many of those goals of the day as possible but i also am not like super strict on it or i maintain flexibility so that's how i kind of keep the balance of like having you know things i want to do that that like discipline but also if it doesn't turn out perfect i just shoot for you know the most important task Mm -hmm. so that's manage kind of like the balance of, uh, and, uh, discipline. And also like, I feel like ironically having a schedule and knowing what I'm going to do allows me more free time, more freedom to do the things I do like to do. Cause I can have time to schedule them. Uh, well, it's like your brain
0: isn't trying to take up all this space to worry about what you need to do all day because yeah, you've already yeah, done that need. work. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm. So I can just focus on just doing and, um, yeah, like really, it's it's amazing how much more time I get to do the things I enjoy doing, like being in nature, meditating, doing yoga, and getting all my work done uh, just by having the schedule because... Um, the days I've noticed, the days I don't make a schedule, which is rare for me, but the days I don't, uh, I end up just like spending a lot of time, like doing non-important tasks and not getting to the things I like and not getting to do a lot of the important things. So in a way it helps me do more, the uh, yeah. you know, things I like to do.
0: Yeah. It's like a modern day problem for everyone. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. easy if you don't, uh, kind of confront yourself before you get active in your day, like confront yourself and like show up for yourself. Because if you don't and you kind of just get too loose with it, with it, you again can just all of a sudden find yourself occupied with something that maybe you're like, I don't know if this was a good use of my time, but then it's too late yeah. or something like that. I think for we sure. all have those feelings for sure. And I love to come up with more like really applicable ideas applicable ideas with people on how to improve the quality of our day because it is so important because I think that's where I kind of like this idea of like if you've got that list in your case of like the things you want to do and you're starting your day with the list and you're just like starting to knock a few things out here and there whatever they are it can feel like if something tries to sink you down or like a mood shift comes on that's not serving Mm -hmm. you or a problem arises that you have no control over, you don't get knocked down quite as hard by it if you've already, like, kind of built your mental space up for the day. So, like, if you're, yeah, yeah like, if you started the day with no plan, you, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, let's say what easy things to do. So maybe you just kind of sat around on the couch or watched too many shows or you were on your phone too long and then you finally are, like, motivating yourself to get up for the day and you, like, leave and say, like, you, um, have someone call you with like bad news. So if you've like basically spent the whole day feeling kind of, you know, uninspired, bad or whatever, and then you get bad news, it's like it piles on and you can really sink down and not Mm -hmm. serve yourself. But if you've spent the whole day really... Focus and you've gotten a lot done and you're almost ahead and you're like feeling really good and then someone calls you with bad news you're kind of able to be more at a neutral space to accept yeah like accept accept the suffering that you might be about to experience uh with uh with a heart that's like had gratitude already for that day or already had rather than yeah the deeper place does that resonate with you at all or
1: especially what has worked best for me is doing uh, like breathing exercise like Wim Hof and meditation, like first thing I get up, when I get up, I do that and I write like in a notebook. I have a notebook where I write five things I'm grateful for. And that I feel like just really prepares me for the day. And having that schedule already made the night before will like prevents like my mood of that morning of like, oh, I woke up feeling tired of this or that from like changing my plans for the day. Cause I already planned it like the night before, where I had like almost like a better perspective on, okay, tomorrow's a fresh day. This is what mm-hmm. you're going to do. Start off, I like write down five things I'm grateful for, um, do some Wim Ha and then meditate, uh, usually for like half an hour to an hour. And that really just like starts my day on such a positive mood that even if afterwards I get up and like I check emails and I have some difficult emails or this or a call or, you know, whatever, I, I feel already like armed and ready uh, mm-hmm. with the some mindfulness, uh, already feeling of achievement, you know, because sometimes it can be hard to like wake up and like, you know, do something like that. But once I already do that, I feel like after that, I can achieve anything in that day.
0: Yeah, these these practices can give you like a an, a brain and a mind and a soul like armor, like a shield. Like I'm already strong enough that whatever bounces at me is gonna radiate off a little bit easier than it would have if I wasn't wasn't in my practice, wasn't in my flow, like wasn't in my headspace. And sure. so, speaking of your practices, the one that we were definitely here to talk about was your dream work. So I just kind of wanna. Like leave the door open wherever you want to start with it. I want to just kind of dive into how did you get started in working with the experience the experiences you're having in your dreams and in your dream states, and what have you kind of gained from it? Where are you at now with it? kind of maybe I know it's probably been a long journey, but some of the highlights and some of the points in the journey that you felt uh, really affected you personally.
1: I'm really excited um, to share because this has been. Honestly, one of the biggest factors of my spiritual practice, and I'll make sure at the end I'll give some good tips for people that want to get into that, into doing it themselves. Um, so I actually started uh, lucid dreaming by accident uh, when I was 12. I was 12 years old, and I was having a lot of nightmares, and you know, they kept happening, and they, they kept me from sleeping at night. All of a sudden, I started to be in the nightmares and know that I was dreaming. I was like, you know what? This is a dream. This is a nightmare. I'm going to wake myself up. I don't want to be in this anymore. Um, so ironically, almost like that tension in there made me want to like exit out. And like mm-hmm. uh, I just get up. And I was like 12 and I was confused how that was possible because I never had heard before of someone um like waking up in their like dreams and getting themselves out of it I just I didn't know about that back then that that was a thing mm-hmm. so and no one had no, right
0: one had no one had no one had shared an experience like that
1: so you were like whoa what what just even happened yeah I'm like this is like is this normal <laughs> yeah so I told my parents like little told her like hey I'm making myself up in my from my nightmares and they're like I oh, wake up like straight out of them, like I'll be in the nightmare. I'll be like, no, nah, I'm going to wake up and I'll wake up because I know that it, I'm in like I'm dreaming and my parents not know what to do about it either. They had <laughs> not heard of that. They're like, that's, I don't know. So I started, I went to the internet <laughs> and I uh, looked up, you know, knowing you're dreaming while you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. and I just like searching
0: out. it out to see what other uh, stories had been shared.
1: Yeah. And I learned the name was lucid dreaming and uh I started reading about other stories and I started like hearing about okay that a lot of people what they can do is they don't just wake themselves out of it they actually start to control the dream and they can explore and do all these cool things so I started getting into that I was like instead of just getting myself out of the dream I started to actually change it and explore and do all these cool things I would say lucid dreaming is kind of like the way I describe it is when you're you're always in the astral when you're in the dream realm. But when you're dreaming, you have this like cloud in front of your face. Um, but you're not aware of it. It's like almost like you're just like lost. in it. When you become lucid, lucid dreams, you're like in that cloud, but now you're aware of it, you're controlling it. But now if you take away that cloud of your own like imagination, symbolism, and you move it out of the way, and you actually look at the place you're at, that's more astral projection. And that usually involves always starting out where you're at, physically at and exiting your body versus lucid dreams. It usually starts like already in a dream and
0: it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, there's already this like built up world that you're existing in and yeah. you're, and you're kind of just more aware of it. You're not, you're not confused yeah. by it anymore. You can kind of see it for what it is.
1: Yeah. Versus astral projection, it always starts by you feeling where your body physically is at and then exiting out and it starts like if you're in your room i'll start in your room and it's like this realm that's very similar to the physical realm like things look similar but then you look more closely and then you see they're starting to be kind of dreamlike and there's all this magical stuff there so i you know was doing a lot of lucid dreaming i got really good at it but around the age of 13 um i heard about astral projection and astral projection is really easy if you're already lucid dreaming you just feel your body you just kind of try to like all right where am i actually at Mm -hmm. you go back and then um there's the rope method where you kind of like do uh hands like you're pulling a rope like in front of you just the motion and that usually helps you like kind of exit out um so i started doing astral projection astral projection is like my I would say my main practice after I learned about astral projection I really left lucid dreaming behind and kind of never went back because astral projection for me was a lot um more fascinating it was like a world you know a whole another realm um and that's where I really started to explore and and this whole aspect of like me Being like such a young age and exploring worlds and meeting astral guides and going and visiting Buddha and doing all these really magical things was what largely sparked my interest in spiritual practice. After that, I started meditating at like 15. I started doing yoga. I started to look into Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. Um, Then I got later when I was 16, I got into the medicines and, you know, psychedelics. And you know now I'm a visionary artist, so it all kind of got um, going kind of early because of uh, yeah. dreams. So it was
0: kind of like your natural progression, you know, into these ideas. Like you probably realized pretty early on when you started doing lucid dreaming and then uh, having these out-of-body experiences that you were going to only be better and stronger at those with meditation and with like these Zen practices and, you know, finding out about different Zen masters and like what they did to, to strengthen their mind. And of course that is why I'm so fascinated by this because I've had experience lucid dreaming, but I've never gotten any further than that. I have made very like small attempts. So this will be my like, my new my new thing to kind of work on and see what what pops up for me because with lucid dreaming every time I've experienced it it's almost like I realize that I'm dreaming. I am like okay I'm dreaming kind of have that conversation with dream me or whatever where we're like that's what's going on here but it's like almost like it goes to fuzz after that like I feel like this uh block where it's like okay here we are and then they're like okay but no further and I'm like dang it like every time I every time I wake up I'm like so I was
1: get back in the dream
0: yeah it's like it's like if I did get back in the dream maybe I got back in Like maybe I only had this moment of awareness and then I got back in and I don't, that's why I don't remember. Or maybe I have the moment of awareness and then I just don't remember any of the rest of the dream. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm so fascinated by this because I feel like there is definitely some strengthening of the mind to be done in in this world. And I guess I want to ask you next kind of, is there a specific experience that you felt did lead to you being like okay these these visionary um things that I'm experiencing obviously you needed to even outlet them into like our our world like you had to make art with them so what is there any specific piece that maybe uh came from a dream or is it all building on each other or kind of just where you think these dreams have helped? like this dream work has helped you as an artist as well
1: Oh, it's helped me so much. There's so many pieces of mine that are directly inspired by my astral projections. Uh, one of the more most recent ones that I had a really good reaction for a lot of people was my uh, soul streams uh, artwork, which is this artwork of almost like uh, like branches or streams. Out of it, all these like souls are coming, uh, are being like you know born out of it. If you see the full artwork, you'll see like uh, more of what it means. And I made like actually a graph on top of it to explain it. Doing that um, artwork got such a positive reaction of so many people being like, okay, I understand from this artwork. Because it was explaining how reincarnation, how uh, there's the things of soulmates, soul family, uh, twin flames. Like how all that really fits in and really putting it visually into a graph. And this was directly from me going into the astral realm and trying to understand how this worked. I asked someone there, like, please can you explain this to me? Because how can we all be one, but how can certain souls be more closely related to each other? And uh how are, you know, such as like, you know, past life or uh a um, soulmate heart like how are we not all equally you know and how can there be like multiple past lives but one life after that or a few how does that all work I was really just generally curious and I was shown this this uh, visual graph of how it works and from there I came out of it I made it, it it's a fairly simple artwork but the meaning i think is um touched a lot of people i remember when i released that piece i got so many messages of people being like i've seen that or whoa like i really understand now how these things work and i i take no credit really for this idea because it's generally just gifted to me from mm-hmm. uh, astral realm um,
0: yeah it's like almost like taking um a textbook look at this experience, and uh, it doesn't surprise me, like you said, that this idea was in other people's like mind's eye, and they were able to see it through your artwork, like for a second time, that experience. But maybe they couldn't, you know, understand how to translate that to art because they just aren't an artist or they aren't, you know what I mean. Like for whatever reason, they haven't been able to to communicate that. And what a an incredible tool you have for being able to uh communicate such a deep thing that a lot of people before us even have experienced but maybe not known how to show like that that's pretty yeah. incredible thank you for sharing that
1: You're welcome yeah it's only one of the many many artworks inspired yeah. inspired around but that's probably the one of the most uh recent ones i've made inspired by the astral but I just think the astral realm is such a magical place to go in with questions and um, ask for an astral guide. If you just go in there and you just ask, can I please get a, a guide? And usually some sort of beam will appear um, that'll be provided to you. Or one of my favorite things actually to ask for my higher self. Um, that for mm-hmm. me is probably one of my favorite sorts source, sources of wisdom to go to when I have a question.
0: Who better oh, love, to ask? Who better to yeah, ask? Right. I love
1: my heart, so I'm like seeing them. they uh they first appeared to me when I was probably like 16, 15. I was like in early high school. And they're this it's this being that's like nine or ten feet tall, very like long and slim, made out of pure light, almost like opal like like they're they're so sil- it's like a silhouette. They have like no face, it's just like their whole being is just light, like almost like glowing opal but it has this like indigo colored aura all around it and uh, I've, I've sketched it out a lot but every time I go into the astral, I'm like can I please see my astral guide but it was really magical the first time I met uh, my higher self at that moment I didn't really understand it was my higher self I was just really young you know I had just gotten into astral projection you know and I was in my room at the time And there I saw saw it standing in front of me. It was so tall and, like, impactful. It was, like, their energy was just so powerful. And it communicated to me, not through words, but through, like, some sort of telepathy, Mm -hmm. where it basically asked me, do you want to know all there is to know? (laughs) And me being, like, a young 15, 16-year-old, I was like, I was like, whoa! like, this, like, super powerful being is just asking me this. But instantly, I answered. I was like, no, no, I just want love. I just want love. Oh, and it was because at the time, I had never been in a relationship. And I was really, like, wanting to get into one after that was that um, I found, like, my first love. Mm-hmm. And um, which I, you know, was with for, like, four years after that. Um, that taught me a lot. Um, yeah. So it was almost, like, immediately, like, a like I would say a few weeks after that experience that that kind of aligned in my life but I always kind of wondered what would have happened if I would have said yes
0: yeah right but I get I would get the reservation of like a 15 any 15 or 16 year old you know to be like well I don't know do I like (laughs) it's like a big question and I'm still I'm still so young in life and what do what do I I know for sure what do I want to know for sure so yeah, but so I, I don't think that question's off the table for you. You know, it seems like you're definitely, definitely figuring a lot out, and still, sure. still quite a young age. But yeah, that that connection with, with our higher self, I think that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And like you said, I don't think we can see what anyone else's experience with that is going to be like. It's probably a very deeply personal connection. That. and my friend Willie who was on the podcast actually said he had a similar experience when he was um first getting into a lot of these things and he like had someone come and ask him this a similar question like are you sure are you ready to know and he was a lot older so he was like yes wow what a what a powerful moment that could you know be brought to you and allow this dream space, allow you to work with, with that. And I, as far as out of body experiences, did you do any certain things to have these experiences when you started first, you know, experimenting with what this was going to feel like and be like for you?
1: So for me, you know, honestly, like I said, it kind of happened through just pure grace. Like it just, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like a sheer but I definitely figured out I did a lot. I got very into it. It was like the first, like a magical thing I had come across. Cause at that time I was so young. I like, that's what really showed me that there was so much to this existence that I didn't know about that, you know, could be discovered and could be magical and people weren't talking about. So I did a lot of research. I read, um, a lot to see what could induce them more because mm-hmm. there were First, it just kind of happened randomly, very, like, sparsely. Um, but I, over the years, I've found a lot of techniques that make them far more likely to happen. So I'd love to share some for, yeah, you know, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I'm going um, to I'm gonna have to take notes when I edit this.
1: <laughs> so, um, well, first and foremost, it's always good to have a good, like, spiritual practice. Uh, Meditation is really good, that kind of thing. Now one of the main things you want to do you want to be serious about this is have a dream journal because one can start to have lucid dream experiences or astral projections and hardly remember them or not even remember them at all. So what's the point? So what a dream journal does is it actually uh, provides you a chance to have greater dream recollection. And if you're one of those people that are like, oh, but I never remember my dream. Have your dream journal next to your, your bed. Uh, and as soon as you wake up, get up and like try to write it down. Like first thing you do when you open your eyes, try to write it down. If there's nothing, then just write, I-, I don't remember anything. But keep doing that. And after a while, you'll, you'll be like, oh, but I remember like a red shoe or something. And mm-hmm. then next thing you know, you'll write a paragraph. And the next thing you'll be writing pages. Of um, worth of like your your dream time, like what you experience. Sounds and that's like you'd you be want... like
0: training your brain, training your body to know yep. that this is going to happen every day. So maybe your brain starts to pick up yep. on I need to take notes.
1: Yes, and I need to remember. Even even uh, very experienced, you know, uh, lucid dreamers, astral projectors, even like myself. If I stop writing down my dreams, I largely will start to forget them. And sometimes I'll wake up and be like, I don't remember anything at all. So. In a way, it's not like you do it like once and then from there on the rest of your life, you'll remember all your dreams. No, it's a practice that you have to maintain. So you got to stick with it and um, like kind of like working out. Mm -hmm. So you're working out your dream recollection. That's where the dream journal is so important. So that's really like uh, step one is like maintain a super good dream journal, like super consistent. First thing you wake up, you do that. If you're really committed into getting into um, the astral realms. Mm -hmm. So that will already start to make your dreams very, very vivid. And the more vivid they become, the more likely you are to be aware that it's a dream. You know, the more, you know, conscious, more aware you'll be in them. They'll start to be more realistic, more HD, and you'll start to be more like almost like waking consciousness when you use a dream journal a lot. Um, So next big tip is a lot of people try to lucid dream or astro project at night and that is actually the worst time to do it (laughs) ironically because that's when it happens randomly sometimes and if you're really good you can do it usually that's when your body's really really tired and Mm -hmm. that's where it wants deep sleep it wants to you know kind of be dull and even if it's dreaming, it won't be very like aware or All that. So, the best time to ash project, lucid dream is what's called waking back to sleep. It's a technique called waking back to sleep. And how that goes is you wake up earlier than you usually wake up. So, if you usually, for example, wake up at like 8 a.m., wake up at like 6 or like 6 Mm a.m., you know, and stay up for like 15 minutes. And not doing anything physically intense. You don't want to like work out and wake yourself up too much. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be in front of any bright screens or bright lights. Like you know, just stay somewhere. Like keep all the curtains closed. Just get up, maybe meditate or like read a little bit about like astral projection. That'd be really mm-hmm. good. Enough. Keep it, in. or read back on like your old uh, dream entries because then that's putting you in like you know that like dream mood. And then after about fifteen minutes go back to sleep. At that point, your body's already rested. already got like the necessary, like the, I need to rest like out of the way, but it's still like feeling like, okay, I usually go, or go am asleep at this time. So it's going to fall asleep very easily. Again. It'll be comfortable to do again. Yes. 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 And that is when dreaming lucid dreaming is the most likely to happen. So that's also huge. So, Another thing that's also big on preventing lucid dreams, which I know is going to be a lot of a a bummer for a lot of people, is uh, cannabis is not very conducive to lucid dreaming or astral projection. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a beautiful medicine, but uh, if you want to astral project or lucid dream, at least for most people, there's some exceptions, of course. There's people that Will use cannabis and be able to have all the lucid dreams, but I would say at least for me and for the vast majority of people, it um, takes your body into deep sleep, mm-hmm. which is great for us, and has. Purpose. If you're, if you're actually dreaming too much and you're not getting really good, you wake up tired from dreaming so much, which that happens to me sometimes, and it can be <laughs> a helpful medicine. But if you're trying to like be super lucid, then taking you know three days off or a week, or you know if you want to get really serious, that you know just take a break from it for a while, that's going to help a lot. Also, another really good tip is oh well, I would just want to take a moment to uh, discuss sleep paralysis. Because sleep paralysis, if you're getting into lucid dreaming astral projection, you will run into sleep paralysis. And if you don't know what it is, it might freak you out. Um, so I, am,
0: I have been one of the very lucky people who's never experienced it. But everyone I know who has is like, what the heck was that? Yeah.
1: And I'm like, yeah.
0: that's, that's going to be funny whenever I run into that someday.
1: Yes. Well, if you run into it, then you'll know how to get out of it, which I'm going to share. So, okay,
0: great. Yeah, see, I'm prepared so, now.
1: <laughs> for those that don't know what sleep paralysis is, sleep paralysis is when you're in REM sleep, which is like the dream state, but you open your eyes. And so the body has this natural um, kind of like safety mechanism where it keeps your uh, body from moving while you're dreaming. And that's really helpful because if we're running in a dream, you don't want to be running in real life. So we're glad that exists. But if you're in REM sleep and that, you know, you can't move is on, you know, basically turned on on your body. And you open your eye, what's gonna happen is you're gonna start hallucinating. And the hallucination isn't necessarily by uh like nature bad, but when most people open their eyes and they start hallucinating and they can't move, they start freaking out, and Mm then freaking out scared usually provides scary hallucinations you basically it reacts that way so then that's when a lot of people will say they see like really scary things you know and that they couldn't move um so it's not it's not that sleep paralysis is necessarily will always provide scary hallucinations it's because of us freaking out not knowing what's happening that it ends up not being not
0: being prepared, and obviously if your mindset isn't the set of fear you're gonna you know have this fearful
1: experience yes. so if you remember the fact that it's just sleep paralysis. you open your eyes and you start hallucinating you can't move and you just relax just relax and if you relax and you like, "Oh, it's just sleep paralysis. it's good it's all good you'll actually usually see really cool things and it'll be a really positive experience you can actually look around and um Kind of See, talk yourself down from the ledge like yes. like it's okay, uh, and basically the one of the my favorite tips the whole uh, like rem sleep dream state is caused by a specific type of breathing, this very specific type of breathing which you will do naturally, but if for any reason you want to get out of a lucid dream natural projection or you know, mostly a sleep paralysis is when people want to get out. Mm -hmm. Just change the breathing pattern. So you can either rapidly increasing, like start breathing really fast or, you know, just hold your breath just for a few seconds. Don't pass out now, you know, just like (laughs) for a few seconds, just hold your breath and that'll wake your body up. Uh, So sometimes I end up accidentally in sleep paralysis and I don't want to deal with it. So I just like hold my breath for a few seconds and bam, I'm out. And I'm like awake because your body basically is like, Will only be in the dream state with that certain type of breathing. So if you change it drastically, like consciously, if you're like, all right, I don't wanna be here for any reason, you know, if you're experiencing anything that you don't like, just, you know, change your breathing pattern uh, like drastically. And you'll wake up. Your body will be like, whoa, something's wrong. And you'll wake up.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you're like um, hack- you're hacking the game. So like if it's, yeah. if it's going poorly, you can be like, okay, control, alt, delete. That's we're, your exit we're,
1: button. Yeah, we're, do- yeah, we're done. Your for- <laughs> that's your exit button. If you ever need it. So really great tip for sleep paralysis, especially if you start seeing scary stuff. Hold your breath for a few seconds. You'll be out of it. Don't worry. So it's very easy to fix. fix. Uh, but that's also really important to keep in mind while you're astral projecting or you're lucid dreaming to just, like, observe what kind of breath you have naturally in there and just try to maintain it. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to stay in the lucid dream and the astral projection, you want to maintain that same breath. Because that's also a big mistake a lot of beginners do, where they will start lucid dreaming or astral projecting, astral projecting, and they'll get so excited or so, like, whoa, it's happening, that they'll, like, start breathing really fast, and then they'll wake up. All right, uh, another really good tip is if you're trying to stay uh, stay in your lucid dream. This is uh, one that might be really useful for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's starting to kind of fade. Yeah. It's starting to become more vivid and you're starting to kind of lose your awareness. This works for Ash projection or lucid dreams. I don't know why this like works. I read it somewhere in a book and it actually worked out really well. I tried it out and it was like, excellent. You spin around, like literally you just spin around and you like spin around a few times. And what that does is, it, I don't know why, but it kind of, like, reintegrates your mind into the dream. So that's oh. a really good thing. to like, actually, like, maintain your breathing pattern just, like, spin around a few times, like, three times. Spin around just slowly, like, rotate.
0: That's so fascinating. So you found a few times when you could feel yourself losing it a little bit, you were able to, mm-hmm. to bring it back. Yeah.
1: Like- -hmm. When I started to get foggy, or I was like, "All right, like I'm starting to kind of like wake up," I'm I'm just like, "No, I want to stay here." I'll like spin around. So basically, the tip is: if you want to stay, spin around, keep your breathing pattern the same. If you want to exit, like just breathe really fast. Completely,
0: yeah, completely change your your breathing pattern so so you're not in anymore.
1: Okay, I saved one of my best best tips uh, for kind of like while we're a little into it. This one's honestly one of my favorites. So, a lot of people, though, no matter, like, how hard they try, you know, they can't get to project. I would say keep trying, but one of my favorite things is actually to use hypnosis
0: to get uh, into that. I was hoping we were going to talk about this. I literally had in my notes, like, to talk about binaural beats and hypnosis, because I find them so interesting. So, yeah, please tell us about how you've used hypnosis Absolutely. or how you've helped guide people, maybe a friend or something with that.
1: Yes. So... Uh, Really fun fact is if you check out, um, the CIA did some remote viewing where they took a bunch of like people and you have them use hypnosis to basically enter the astral Mm -hmm. and scope out different buildings that they've never been in and then come out of it and draw maps and they drew maps like accurately. This is an actual CIA website. And I just thought it was very fascinating that the method they were using to get into the astral was hypnosis. So it's a very, very good method hypnosis can you know back in the day you used to have to have like a professional that knew how to do it and do it for you and it could have been expensive or rare or occasional but so exciting that nowadays we have youtube <laughs> <laughs> where there's one of the best hypnosis people in the world available to all of us for free <laughs> and that is his name is michael Sealing, okay with an s uh not with a c s uh look him up if you look up hypnosis michael Sealing yeah. and like, lucid dream hypnosis michael Sealing, there's this one it has like a red kind of cover because i think he has a few but there's this one that has like a kind of like a like wine color like like a thumbnail mm-hmm. and that one, so i highly recommend doing the waking back to sleep where you get up early you know you uh, kind of hang out for a few and then put the hypnosis on, lay down in your bed, maybe with some good eye covers and make sure there's not going to be any noises or anything that's going to like disturb you, your phone's off, um, you know, everything's like going to be nice and quiet and use this hypnosis video. And it basically very easily can take uh, a lot of people straight into the astral without like having to just like hope for it. Um, so there's a whole idea that Mental tryptamine DMT in our brains is what makes us dream, mm-hmm. and mushrooms magic mushroom psilocybin is almost that same molecular structure with a little added, little molecule like a little added, little thing. So, yeah, it's like, like you look at it, has
0: just like a different uh leg almost to it,
1: yes, but it's so similar. So, what I found is that either Microdosing mushrooms or DMT, like a very small amount, before doing this hypnosis, just takes it to such a whole new level. It makes it so HD. It's kind of crazy. I uh, actually yeah. like proceed with caution because <laughs> it's so <laughs> that it like. Uh, honestly, um, that's the name I mean, of the episode.
0: And... Proceed with caution. <laughs>
1: yes, proceed with caution because honestly, I've had experiences in there where I've gone in and I've lived like full lifetimes. Wow. <laughs> like, no joke, like literally like 80 years of time just like that's with uh, that. Meeting. Yeah, so um, versus mushrooms, they stay in the system for longer. Though what I found is that too much mushrooms. And you're like you're gonna be like a mushroom trip. You're gonna be mm-hmm. in another realm, realm beyond the astral, what I would call like the spirit realm, where it's all fractally. And there's yeah. You know, so you don't want to take like a full dose of mushrooms because after that you're not, not even gonna be in the astral. You're You've surpassed
0: without. the original plan, and
1: <laughs> now you yes. a new plan. Yeah. So there is a sweet spot where what we're trying to do here is just my, my hip, hypothesis that we're just trying to stimulate the like kind of dream state with the visualization just a little bit so that you know our we'll be in the astral we'll be elusive dreaming but we will be um still still be like more like realistic like more dreamlike and hd so for me it's been about ha- having about uh 0.2 um of mushrooms and i usually will do that in the lemon balm method which probably a lot of you are familiar with where you basically grind up the mushrooms and you put some uh, lemon juice in tea and I drink it. So I get up early. So a few hours before and I'll drink this tea and then I'll wait about an hour for it to kick in. And then I'll lay down and put on my eye covers and go out and play the hypnosis session. And again, proceed with caution. Do not un- underestimate this. Really good also for doing like past life regressions, things like that. But it's literally so HD that often you can completely get lost in it. You can like think it's like a whole other reality. Um, it's really, really magical. But uh, yeah, so that's one of my favorite most Like nowadays when I do, um, I work with the astral realm. It's usually through that. Um, I'll do the uh, small microdose of mushrooms with the hypnosis and just go straight in.
0: Yeah. So in your documentation, like your research with yourself, you've experienced that you can guarantee it almost to a certain extent. And then other time, yeah, other time it's like a hit or a miss.
1: Yes, exactly. That's the difference.
0: Now that you feel you have methods that kind of secure your way in, I would say, and you are doing this work, could you tell us a little bit about what kind of things you've examined and experienced that have bettered your situation, bettered your life, or bettered your mindset, or or whatever ways it's positively affected you. Because I'm sure, other than everyone you know thinking it would be rad to experience on a surface-based level, people, of course, also want to know like like what all the energy and the the time spent doing this is for exactly. Because obviously, you have some benefits here.
1: Yeah. So I just want to say I'm so excited I found this method. Like I didn't read about it I just figured it out one day. And uh, mm-hmm. honestly. I- I'm sharing I feel great that I'm sharing it in this podcast because I'm hoping that it'll get out there this like method will become a thing like for people that will use it responsibly I think it's one of my favorite things I've figured out like ever (laughs) it just provides so many possibilities like I I do so many things like literally I've had like probably hundreds of years worth of experiences in the astral so I'll I'll speak up some my favorite yeah yeah. Uh, one of my favorites was um going into the astral to visit the buddha when i was around 17 mm-hmm. and i had been in buddhism like a couple of years and i was so excited to to go into um the astral and try to visit the buddha because i just had so many questions i was like overwhelmed with questions and I, I would go in there and as soon as soon as i see him just like all the questions fall away so that was one of my favorite experiences like being in his presence Another one of my favorite experiences is uh, viewing like various timelines. So I'll go into the astral and this is more of what I've been doing now recently with the hypnosis and the mushroom is going into the astral and, you know, really time is funny. Time is like also like branches uh, where there's so many possibilities of, you know, what could happen depending on what actions we take. And what I found is that if I go into the astral and I speak with my higher self, they can give me little glimpses of what different actions can lead to. Now, I'm not saying that I'm, like, time-traveling by any means or that uh, these are, like, guaranteed, but it can give me... What it gives me... It gives me almost, like, a few more steps of, like, what it could lead to Mm -hmm. that I consciously do not realize in my waking state. So in my waking state, I'll be like, maybe this could lead to that. And I can only see so far into, like, the possibilities. But if I go into the astral realm and I speak to my astral guy like if I make this decision or this decision, can you show me uh where it can lead to? I see so far into the distance of the possibility. Wow. so it's ah. like yeah I could see how consciously someone who's
0: extremely aware and has a lot of done a lot of self-work we can kind of work out when we make decisions or if we have been ones that we're confronted with the the two or maybe two possibly three outcomes or directions in which something could go. Uh, if you know yourself well enough. So I could see how if you're already there and your conscious, you know, waking state, ha- w- what a fascinating thing. So you're saying there's more, there's seemingly more, more outcomes and more possibilities.
1: Yeah, and just like for each possibility, like just see so much further into it, like what it can lead. Because I'll be like, okay, well, if I make this decision, maybe a few days after in my head, I'll be like, this might happen. But I go in there. And I can, like, ask, and I can even, I'm not saying this is for sure, like, um, like what's going to happen, but I can see the possibilities of what might happen if I take those actions. It's like your sense of it, but is what you're years, saying. Years into it. Um, so, again, that, the funny thing about time is that every action, all our karma, can take us, switch, switch our tracks. So this is, like, basically, if we're just talking about, like, a decision of two things. You know, within each of those two things, there's other decisions and other decisions. So there's really, like, so many infinite, like,
0: Yeah, because it's never as simple as you might be able to just construct.
1: Yes, but what I'm saying is that when I go in there, I can see, like, okay, the the two options. um, The track that uh, my, you know, art is most likely if I take those two options. You know, kind of like the the general, depending on, you know, how I'm currently being uh, and my most likely to take actions after that because even if I take one of those and then I decide to, I don't know, uh, do something crazy, then it'll be a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. But to, like considering how everything is right now and the karma that I'm most likely to think, I can see where those decisions will take me. So that's something I've been experimenting a lot with, um, where, you know, big decisions in my life, I'll go in there and I'll ask, um, that. So that's one of my favorite things. Also, um, Going I mean that seems into- hugely beneficial,
0: just not to yes. overlook that quickly. Like it seems like you're able it to is- kind of work out something that you might find in your in your waking state is something that you can't really maybe come to terms with or accept or know for sure mm-hmm. what pathways you kind of want to start leading leaning into. And so mm-hmm. being able to ask yourself in a more in-depth way in a in a way where you can have almost a sense of like security with, with the decision, as far as like where it could open up opportunity in your, in your life.
1: Yeah, no, it's been so huge for me, uh, especially like, I like to ask, like, not only what will bring the most benefit to me, but also to the whole collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. I always ask from that perspective, like, okay, like which decision or you know, these decisions will lead to only my deepest happiness, but everybody involved and, and a ripple out into the most of humanity. And usually like a lot of these decisions, like they're all end up pretty good, but mm-hmm. some much bigger of an impact. So I it helps me move forward and make you know strong decisions with a lot a lot more confidence. Um, you know, it's good to. And usually, the funny thing, a lot of the times, like my intuition will be hinting towards those. Mm-hmm. But it's not really until I uh, like go in and I see like deep into them where my astral guide can show me years into these different paths that I really understand like okay i see why my intuition was pointing towards this yeah. one because that's what happened with the other one all right yeah because so. in-
0: intuition is tricky because it doesn't explain itself it's just like that's what you exactly. think it's just like that's yeah. what i think
1: it's gonna happen yeah so that's like, how i think, whatever, I think gonna... that logically i can understand a lot deeper like oh, all right i see why it was that way but sometimes you know um uh, not so much sometimes i'm just confused i'm like i don't know what.
0: Well, yeah, because the analytical mind wants, you know, our our natural analytical mind wants to know, like, why? Why do I feel this this fear about this or this excitement about this? Or is this the right <laughs> feeling? And I think maybe sometimes we can second guess our intuition because we're like, you're not explaining yourself. <laughs> yes, because exactly. intuition might not always be likable either. It might not be the comfortable
1: decision yeah, or, the or thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes the, like, it can be you know, our intuition can like nudge us towards a path that's completely different and is a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but our heart, you know, our intuition is just like calling for it. But but we're so comfortable on this path. But <laughs> then we can go in there and ask, and then, oh, okay, now I'm ready to take that leap of faith.
0: It's kind of um, like so- having the cozy blanket on, and then being like, you don't need it. You can let it, let go yeah. of that blanket, let it go, mm-hmm. and 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 take that layer off. And you're like, oh, but I'm so cozy.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's, okay, so checking out potential future timelines, one of my favorite things to do. Of course, asking questions to my astral guide. Uh, Visiting loved ones is really lovely, especially if they're far away. Um, Past lives is really interesting. So I really like going into, um, mostly, I've explored mostly my most recent past life. And that has led to a lot of clarity of why I'm doing all the things I'm doing in this life and what my goals are, and, uh, you know, kind of, like, what my mission is. It's given me a lot of clarity. So, in a way, it's, uh, for me, like, at the astral realm and hypnosis has helped me understand more, kind of, like, where my past is, where I come from, and understand more why I'm here and what, why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And with the potential future timelines, it lets me see, okay, like, where do I want to go and what would really make me happiest. Oh. So... It kind of helps me expand past this just like um almost like in the waking state I feel like I have a narrow view of like okay just like my life and this life to like you know as far as I remember maybe like four years mm-hmm. old something like that to you know right now and maybe I get an idea of like okay what's coming in the future like you know maybe a few months ahead or something or where I want to go but astral projection just lets me expand that perspective to more like
0: like zooming out a lot further than than where you're able to see things typically
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's so funny like a lot of the times the sensation i get right when i come out of an astral projection is feeling like this reality is just like the top of the surface of the ocean like just like Mm. the very top and this is like what's manifesting in the physical like the waves and this and that but like going into the astral feels like all the ocean underneath like so much depth that if you know we just dive into there we can get so much more answers and clarity on why it is that what's happening on the surface
0: yeah kind of like yeah like the tip of the iceberg and then you know Mm -hmm. what's really underneath or the idea of like the veil, you know, it's, it's not called that for any other reason. The veil is like this thin, like a veil, a wedding veil is this thin material that's just kind of blurring out, you know, if you're wearing one, it's just kind of blurring out the world around you. So mm-hmm. maybe when you're able to take that off or experience the dream realm where you are where not uh, having this clouded clouded experience, but you're able to really see, I would imagine that's pretty empowering as a person.
1: For sure. It just brings like so much confidence and clarity uh, and just such a good resource for, for understanding oneself. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of the astral realm. If there's any, anything one's confused about or uh, like doesn't understand, it can be a really good way to get answers uh from like you know your your subconscious of like okay like for for example if someone's dealing with a certain uh pain or depression to go in there and really get answers then of course we need to take action afterwards you know but it's a really good word for for those like questions or even uh questions about like if you're poorly fine of how you can grow you know go in there and like okay what's going cool? What can take me to the next level spiritually or in my career? Also really good to um, go in there and, you know, you can, uh, like, for me, I picture a canvas and I just go in there and I look at it and, like, sometimes it has an artwork and it inspires me. So,
0: how oh, like, you could actually see something you haven't created yet, something that mm-hmm. maybe you've been waiting to create.
1: Oh, and one of the other greatest things that I think the Astro Realm is really good for is the the chance to go into even other realms i think it's a really good like elevator to even other realms um so i feel like basically i'm actually working on an artwork right now that explains this we have like the physical realm and uh, above well underneath you know like lower realms we won't discuss mm-hmm. stuff but yeah. we got the physical realm and then we have uh, like the dream realm and kind of, like, lower in that realm is kind of, like, the non-conscious dream realm, and then the upper in that realm would be the conscious dream realm.
0: Yeah, like, when you keep rising up.
1: Yeah, so the conscious dream realm is, like, what we're mostly discussing in this uh, video, uh, this, like, uh, podcast, Mm -hmm. and uh, from there, we can go up to what I would call the spirit realms, which is what, you know, um, if people are familiar with d m t have experienced d m t or very high doses of mushrooms It's like this very fractally like infinite like really cool realm um it's like a so light
0: a pure light realm
1: <laughs> I would say the the top realm top is, is at that? least okay the the pure consciousness like source god realm, so that's actually one probably my favorite one to try to access through the astral is I'll go into the astral, but then I'll try to like go up and up and like feel like, okay, I need to go to the light, to source, to God, and then I just keep going up and up until, I like, I completely dissolved into the light and into this oneness, so, uh, really good access point for basically other realms. I'm sure, disclaimer, I'm sure there's probably more realms. These are just the ones I'm familiar <laughs> with, but uh, that's my way of well, in it. Well,
0: in this, in this sort of conversation, I don't think either anyone is trying to tell everyone that this is how it is for everybody's experience. I think that, yeah. um, I think it's important to be honest about our specific experience and in your case, your specific experience, because I think that's where we're going to get the best data. I think like what you're sharing right now is hugely important and beneficial and having a documentation in in the form of this podcast is amazing because people will continue to add to this. So uh, imagine like, you know, a big giant whiteboard, everyone who practices this and takes it seriously and is having the dream journals and documenting, well-documenting their experiences they're going to start seeing the overlaps, right? So, you know, anytime you're studying something in science, you're trying to look for where is the overlap, where is the overlay, where are we seeing the same thing in multiple people? Like where are multiple people reporting the similar experience? Because that is where we're going to get clarity, right? Like that is where the clarity will come through and how these things can be extremely beneficial for an individual who needs to, who needs to find clarity in their life or uh, find an emotional and spiritual meaning to the, the dream work they can possibly do as another way of dealing with things like anxiety, another way of dealing with things like depression, another way of dealing with things... I mean, because we can't be like, why shorten our why would we shorten and box in our ways to deal with all of these things? If dream work is working for someone, yes, let's absolutely document certain people's experiences. I think that you're a great testament to someone that has been very positively affected by being open to this experience and being um, honest about what that experience was for you, whether it makes perfect sense to everyone listening or not, isn't really a value. What's a value is like you're able to say and document, Hey, I've had these experiences and it has helped me make decisions. It has helped me find clarity. It has helped me even see artwork that I've yet to create. And then when I create it, that resonates with, you know, you know thousands and thousands of people that's not nothing <laughs> that's worth looking into and that is very much worth taking seriously as something that we're going to consider as a society continuing on because this is again like you mentioned this isn't necessarily this is not a new thing but it is a new thing have the ability to converse with so many people at once through the internet. And you were able to take this information and, you know, study something that there weren't necessarily, there were books for it, but there weren't necessarily very, this wasn't overly documented. This wasn't something that was readily available that everyone, you know, could reference or
1: talk about even. So. And that was the crazy part for me because, like, I was having, like, like I remember, you know, this started, you know, when I was, like, I guess, like, middle school and then high school. And, like, having hundreds of years worth of experiences happen per, like, nap. And yeah. to go to school and tell, you know, like, my friends, like, hey, like, I'm, I'm flying around in realms. I'm talking to guys and just have them, like, look at me like I'm crazy. Like, for me, it was, like, <laughs> how does everybody not know about this? And, you know, later I found out that the ancient Egyptians used to do after projection a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Buddhists would do a lot of ash projection a lot. Still do. Um a lot of like, you know, ancient like um ancient cultures, uh, Amazon cultures, like a lot of these would do a lot of astral projection. I think that this is a an ancient knowledge that used to be maybe more prevalent. But mm-hmm. I feel like the issue is that in modern society, um, having us exit our body and see that there's so much more than just the physical can really put into question a lot of what people do. If people are doing mm-hmm. this, then they're if they're working a job they don't like and uh, just to make money and they think this is all there is. And then they have an experience like that. it can completely change, you know, the trajectory of their life. They maybe want to do something that they actually like and, you know, not be like on like working for a job they don't like or things yeah. like that. Well, a mystical, I think that's um, yeah, mm-hmm. any,
0: any mystical experience you're going to be, ha- you're going to have in, in whatever way it hopefully comes to everyone at some point, but anytime you're having that experience, the entire mind shift that occurs cannot be underestimated because it's going to completely throw a wrench in whatever you think you have, you know, figured out and solved of the puzzle of what your purpose is or what being alive means or all these long lists of questions you're going to have just by having a human experience. When you have a mystical experience while having the human experience, it does put into perspective how silly and how nonsensical most of the problems that we currently face in modern society. Are if everyone I knew could have this sort of experience, we wouldn't even be, like, there would be not that many. It was almost like when you said you had all those questions for the Buddha. And then when you (laughs) saw him, you didn't have one. It's like, if everyone could get on the page of being like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, this is all, yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's fix all these problems or nonsense. We're creating them all. So it's like, yeah, it does throw a wrench. And I wouldn't think it's by accident that... These things aren't necessarily in the mainstream, but we are seeing, you know, and meditation, and and hypnosis, and the use of plant medicines affect people, and you're seeing it more and more in the mainstream, which, you know, can have both sides of the coin there, you know, can be problematic if the wrong person's saying the wrong things, maybe giving the wrong advice, but it can be great for just people being like, this is something we're allowed to talk about, or this is something that if you have had positive experience, maybe you can help someone else with this.
1: I think the more we become lucid in the dream realm is an indication of also of us becoming lucid in other realm, which is something I've been starting to ponder a lot lately, because really what we're trying to do is, like, become lucid in all realms. Uh, I think full lucidity would be, like, awakening, um, like, so I think that, Practicing becoming lucid in these realms, and then sharing artwork about it, sharing poetry is useful because it hopefully will um, stimulate uh, the likelihood of other people starting to become lucid in um, the astral realm. And I think the astral realm is one of the easier, like realms, to become lucid. And then, if we can bring that lucidity with us into the physical, if we can be in the physical realm. And see, also like you're saying, like oh, we're creating all this, or like you know, to see the 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 beautiful illusion. And I don't say illusion in a negative sense. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful artwork, and it's divine, it's sacred, and we should cherish it. But also, uh, to not get attached to it, so that we're free and we can, uh, you know, uh, be happy. Because really, suffering comes from too much negative attachment to this realm. Um, So. To be in that sweet spot where we care but also aren't uh, negatively affected by realm, oh. um, I think it's part of becoming lucid in multiple realms.
0: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I mean that you cannot have pure bliss, pure pure happiness, pure love without the opposite, which is you know the suffering, the devastation, sadness. And mm-hmm. accepting that, you know, we have to ride those waves in this, with the same level, try to ride them with the same level of gratitude we have for when we're riding the wave that is the pure bliss, the pure love, the, the pure light. And I think we all can hopefully all, because I hope no one's had so much suffering, they haven't seen the opposition. But when you can think back to a time when you felt like everything was where it was supposed to be, you were present for it and it was pure bliss and pure joy, it's easy to not understand why that cannot exist without the opposition. Mm -hmm. it's easy to get frustrated by that almost and kind of be like, well, I should just be able to, you know, exist in this, in this feeling. And I'm just going to, you know, when the other ones arise, kind of bypass them or, or skip over them instead of accepting the beauty of what it means to suffer. And that, that is also great too. And I think navigating these things through different spiritual practices is how one can find a better clarity and can find a better a better way to operate from.
1: What I found in my own journey is that there is suffering and then there's joy. And I think those two are opposites. And I think that true freedom, true liberation, true peace, and like genuine uh, happiness goes when you maintain equanimity and go beyond those, you know, beyond those dualities because um, I, I think as long as we're in like okay like happy life's good like joy and uh, and then also like all the sadness and as long as we're in those two dualities we're going to keep switching back and forth between mm-hmm. you. still in the realm of duality as soon as we can maintain equanimity and in the sad moments, and in the joyful moments see that they're impermanent, maintain that equanimity that um seeing beyond those that's when we arrive to a place of peace of true happiness where there's no longer a, the fluctuation where mm-hmm. no matter what the physical, if, you know, we win the lottery and, you know, or yeah, you know, like
0: rising above, yeah,
1: rising, a, yeah, rising, yeah, rising above yeah. it. In or, a way you know, have something bad happen, rise above all of those. And I think the really key is to do it through equanimity, through like, you know, just cutting through, through all of them and maintaining that stability mm-hmm. between the two. And that's when we arrived to what I would call like true peace.
0: Yeah, I would say one of the easiest ways to do that is constantly practicing being present. It's kind of funny because whenever I feel like I finally understood how to cultivate that in almost every waking moment, I realized that shift and I was like, wow, how many moments before this I wasn't. And, mm. and I remember disowning that though pretty quickly because I realized there was no, there was no use in, uh, in pondering that for too long, that there were portions of your life that you kind of weren't present for because you were too busy thinking of was the future or, or uh, getting swept up in the past. Just a quick anecdote. Today, I was at uh, like a brunch with my daughter. We were eating at a local, family-owned place, and you know, I whenever we eat out, I try to eat at a local place because I know how hard it must have been for them to still exist, after everything they've been through the past uh, almost two years now, and we were eating there and they had like this little whiteboard sign where I guess they take turns writing like little inspirational quotes or whatever. Right. When we walked in, I hadn't been in in a while. And I looked up and it said, the true purpose of our life is to be happy right now here. And I was like, that is so funny because this morning before we went to this place I'm not kidding you I was doing affirmations with my four-year-old and she just loves to say her own random ones it don't even make sense a lot of time but I'm like as long as it's making her happy that's the point right so she's (laughs) just like she's just like saying random ones and I said I am grateful to be here with you right now that's what I said to her and she said I am grateful to be happy here right now and I was like, oh, I love that. And we smiled and giggled. And, I, and when we walked in, just her and I, and that was on the sign, I said, "Bowie, the sign says kind of what you said today. And she's like, really? And I, and I read it. And she just, her eyes like welled up. And then like my eyes welled up. And I was like, you do get these little winks and nods of like pats on the back, even when you don't need them, you know? Like we, do, we shouldn't need that. But getting them doesn't, it doesn't feel bad, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really, I think, also such a big thing, like, uh, when we're becoming lucid in the physical realm, uh, we start getting all these synchronicities and this instant manifestation, because just like in the dream realm, when we become lucid in the dream realm, we can start changing it and having things appear instantly. Now, in the astral realm, things are much more, like, rapid. Like, if you think of an apple, there's going to be an apple, like, instantly. Mm. I feel like the physical realm there's also manifestation, but it happens at a slower rate. I feel like the more lucid we become in the physical realm, the quicker it starts to happen and we'll yeah. start like saying something to a friend like for me, uh literally a couple of days ago, I was saying to a friend that I needed this like um like vaporizing device for uh dmt and literally the next day this company hits me up like hey can you promote this device we'll send you one for free oh i'm like God. "What?
0: really like literally the day after like that's <laughs> wild no yeah and yeah. i i seriously i seriously believe it because i think that kind i don't know if this is the same for you it sounds like pretty early on as a kid, you started to be pretty in touch with yourself. So maybe it will definitely be true for you. But I think when we're kids, we kind of have this natural inclination to be in touch with that, to be in touch with that magic of, of how we view the universe, how we view the things around us. And I think that's part of why we all uh, can have this nostalgic uh, look and lenses from childhood in a certain way because I think it's like we remember feeling so good, like we remember feeling so connected to everything around us. And it's because you get to kind of just truly be, you're not necessarily, you know, on the hamster wheel yet. You're not, you're just kind of, you know, experiencing things as they come at you. And you're, and you're usually pretty present for them because you don't have all this clutter up in your brain. So I yeah. see it with her all the time. There's been so many times, so many times. Where she has said things, and I'm like, this is a magical little guru I have here. But she'll, she'll, well, we were in the car going up this giant hill, we were gonna walk up, and we like to do mushroom foraging. And she was like, I think today we're gonna see the biggest mushroom we ever saw. And I was like, yeah. Like I was honestly just being, I was a busy mom at this moment. So I'm just like, yeah, sure. I hope we do. And kind of brush it off. Like I was in like a rush that morning. So I wasn't necessarily as present, but I'm like, yeah, sure. I hope we do whatever. So we get there, we get out of the car and I'm not kidding you. We saw the biggest one she had ever seen. And I was like, what? Like, I remembered being like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then the little like uh, self-critical voice in my head said, you know, you almost doubted this. And it's funny that it's here. And then the other self-critical voice was like, good thing you were paying attention at all because what if I hadn't been? And so like, I like to kind of, pr- I think that's like the good critical voice, right? Like where we're like, hey, you know, you weren't really listening to her. You were kind of brushing her off and look at the universe being like, you know, what are you doing? Look, this is magic. Like these things do happen. And I think, yes, being part of being aware as we're adults and, you know, we're trying to cultivate this, this uh this lucidity in our life in a very positive way, we do see rewards for that. And the rewards are available everywhere. Like you can look around and see them anywhere if you're really trying.
1: And it gets really magical if uh if you start working a lot with the astral realm. Like I can't even start to describe the amount of times like that i've had people tell me things in there beings tell me things in there or me being shown things it happens like in this physical realm or you know i get shown a particular timeline and it starts to unfold or i get told this thing and literally come out of the hip, the hypnosis the astral projection and it's like literally there uh wow. things like that and it, it really starts to break apart the matrix like where i start getting those like giggles of like whoa whoa, all right magic i don't know what to do with this like at that point i'm like all right, you know great dream this is a great dream.
0: <laughs> the people of your artwork are definitely intrigued and maybe you'll probably be flooded with people being like, oh my gosh I tried that that's crazy. but I, <laughs> I hope that uh, people have enjoyed your tips and your experience and and I am sh- so grateful that you took the time to share with me tonight. I know we both um, I wanted to wrap up. I know we both love Tignaton like a ton. Uh-huh. so love that new podcast where they have Brother Fapu talking about um, his
1: experience. The yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, The Way Out is In. So uh, yeah. podcast lovers, you got to check it out. It's a really, really good podcast. It's very, very, it's like the best, like, um, highlight notes, you know, of his teachings and and of his students being able to share what his teachings have done for them after they've you know really given themselves over to these ideas and these ways of living and it has done nothing but bring joy to me so I hope that uh I hope that it I hope that uh people check it out and do you have a favorite quote of his oh there's There's so so many. many I
1: know present moment wonderful moment like nice and simple (laughs) it's actually right in front of my work area uh, written in his uh, calligraphy he does like Enzo's and calligraphy and it's a really simple one but uh, it's so deep like if I could I, I find myself in so many moments where I just like go back to the present I'm like present moment wonderful moment and
0: it's like Yeah. Well, that's the perfect one to wrap up the episode because that's what we were just talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. really cultivating that skill in whatever way you see fit. And I just, just be open to being more aware and more lucid in your dreams and in your waking experience. And when you're looking at art, take an extra minute to look at it. And when you're sitting with your loved ones, take an extra minute to really share the space and observe how they're feeling what they're saying and how you can be of service to them because it's always being in service to yourself
1: too um i just want to say male beings be happy and well um
0: absolutely yeah and i will include all of juliana Garcia's links in the description of this so you can check out her artwork if you haven't already hopefully we can uh, dive deeper on some other stuff soon yeah absolutely that'd be lovely Yeah, well, I can't wait to see. Did you say six foot? Yes. All right. I cannot wait to see the six (laughs) foot Shiva. I'm sure many (laughs) of your uh, lovely fans of your artwork um, and friends are excited to see the unveiling of that as well. And I won't take up too much more of your time. I'll let you get back to all that lovely work and enjoy the rest of your night.
1: Many blessings. Great speaking with you and blessings to everyone.
0: Wow, what a groovy ride. That was such a fun episode to um, partake in. And if you are a Juliana Garces fan and this is your first time here, we'd love your support for the podcast by subscribing, sharing the episode, and leaving a review wherever you listen. And if you want to see Juliana Garza's beautiful, beautiful works of art, you can on her Instagram. I will link it in the description. She also has a web store where you can own and look at and admire these pieces in your very own homes. And we found out after recording this episode that a teacher that I know, Juliana, also adores, Zen Buddhist master, tignaton has left us at 95. I have... If you've been following along, used his words, tried to spread his message as much as possible because I find his resonance is always ringing true in my life. So I just wanted to take a moment to read you one passage of his that can kind of just really bring you you back to remembrance. In the past, I have been a cloud, a river, and the air. And I was a rock. I was the minerals in the water. This is not a question of belief in reincarnation. This is the history of life on Earth. Thank you for your teachings. May your message spread and spread, just like your love. Alright, I hope you guys all have a lovely week. And don't forget to be aware. This has been Awareness with Amanda Lynn.